everyone. Welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host. And today, I'm joined with Rachel, the founder and CEO of Design to Be. So I do know that along with Design to Be, you've done a lot of really, really amazing work and taken on some very cool roles in the past. So I think it would be really great to just have you give some more background about who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks so much uh, for the intro, Aline. Uh, so um, the main hat that I've worn throughout my career is that of a designer. Um, so specifically um, a UX designer, product designer, interaction designer. Uh, many of those titles are uh, all used quite interchangeably. Um, most recently before uh, focusing on design to be full time, um, I was at Google for about two years. And before that, I was at Salesforce for two and a half years. Um, and before that, I was at different agencies, startups, and doing that whole thing. Um, and outside of wearing this primary design hat, um, I'm also a yoga teacher and meditation teacher um, and an emotional intelligence coach. Uh, so I wear man many different uh, hats, but all of that um, kind of come together um, when focusing on design to be. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. So yeah, obviously design is a really huge part of your life and what you do. Um, and so I guess to just kind of get started, I'd love to know a little bit more about where this interest in design originally stemmed from and how you sort of developed that passion and skill as well. Yeah, so I have the, this vivid memory of when I was really little um, and it was in my Grammy and Papa's basement. Um, and uh, uh, who has since passed, um, but he always said I, I grew up outside Chicago um, and we would always uh, like color and draw and he always said that we were like these artists from the Midwest um, and we would draw a bunch together and also uh, like so, uh, solve puzzles um, and uh, I feel like design very much falls in this intersection of art which is a form of expression um, but puzzles, which is problem solving. Um, so from a very young age, I feel like I navigated this intersection of problem solving and expression. Um, and I started to do some graphic art classes and graphic design classes in high school, along with other art classes. Um, and then when I was in college and it was kind of the, or even later in high school and it was kind of this point of, okay, now what degree do you do? Um, and uh, I was really leaning more and more into uh, the arts um, and came across this like graphic design thing and was like, ooh, that's kind of interesting. Um, so ended up getting a portfolio together based on different art classes that I was in. Um, and applied to um, get a BFA in, in graphic design and ended up going to UIUC, so University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Uh, many people know them for their engineering school, uh, which they have an amazing engineering school for. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went to school for graphic design and had a bunch of different graphic design jobs um, while I was in school um, and very much learned what um, I didn't want to do. Um, so my strengths were not naturally in branding or uh, logo design uh, per se. 
-hmm. But kind of going back to the beginning of the story, um, I fell more my natural instincts more in this uh, problem solving uh, bucket rather than um, the visual expression. Um, and so I quickly pivoted into uh, UX, um, so user experience design, um, which then brings me back to uh, what we spoke about at the beginning, which was my career trajectory up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, was the the latter half of your question was um, about how people can grow these skills, or? Yeah, it was just kind of how you sort of developed that passion and skill, or kind of the projects you took on more early on within design. Yeah, totally. Um, so for me, I feel like a really big, a big theme, even to this day, has been curiosity about the world around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, I feel like a, a moment that would be really valuable to your listeners would is upon realizing that I didn't want to pursue a career in graphic design, um, Mm-hmm. But having all this portfolio work and having a degree in graphic design um, and all of the all this stuff, um, and I was like, ah, oh my gosh, <laughs> now now what? Mm-hmm. Um, and upon scouring the internet and also realizing that there were a- actual classes that I did take in university that did directly relate to. Um, what projects could be or what case studies could be as a graphic designer. Um, But I did also just look in the world around me and what problems I wanted to, I was curious about um, and what problems I felt like uh, could be solved. And so I remember in my, like one of the first iterations of my portfolio, just graduating school, I created a, like a, a nail polish app. (laughs) <laughs> that you could pick up a hex color of any anything out in the world and then find a nail polish color that um, it completely matched with that. So I was wearing a lot of nail polish and so I was like, how cool would it be if this? Um, and to me, that curiosity of the world around me um, was an impeccable way of growing um, mm-hmm different projects that I started working on and my my skill set just when starting to get this motion um, as a designer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's actually really cool. Um, I especially love what you said about curiosity. And I love how you sort of um, kind of got a taste of design, even when you were little kind of talking about your childhood a bit there. Um, So yeah, I absolutely think that's really, really cool. And I think it's awesome that you kind of tried to look for different parts of design that you were interested in. Um, And I think it's awesome kind of the work that you're doing now, especially. And you mentioned before, not only do you do a lot of design work, but you also, you know, take on a lot of other roles related to subjects like emotional intelligence or meditation, um, lots of different fields. And specifically focusing on emotional intelligence, actually. uh, I'm wondering also where that interest and knowledge in that field of emotional intelligence kind of came from or stemmed from originally as well? Because I think that's actually a really interesting uh, subject. Yeah, totally. Uh, So my entry point into learning about emotional intelligence was through my own mental health journey. Uh, So going back to us talking about being in college um, and that now on the other side of after I graduated, um, I 
I was really struggling with my mental health at the time. Um, so specifically anxiety and depression and was a very intense perfectionist, um, which I, I now have learned many, many designers are perfectionists mm-hmm. um, and was really eager to figure out a way to not live life in that way mm-hmm. um, since it one was impacting my personal life, but two was impacting how I was able to show up as a designer. Um, so upon listening to different podcasts, um, I was listening to, I remember the, the Tim Ferriss show, um, and he interviews like world-class performers, um, and a consistent theme that I took from his podcast was every single person that he interviewed just about, uh, meditated. I was like, Hmm, okay. There, there has to be something here. Um, so this was back in 2014. I downloaded Headspace um, and no one really knew what Headspace was, um, but they were just get, getting going. Um, and I started meditating um, and I didn't have a daily practice and didn't really know what I was doing at all. Um, but I slowly started to see progress and change in, in my mental health. Um, so then upon a couple of years later, moving out to San Francisco, um, and working at Salesforce. Um, I then uh, went a bit deeper in meditation um, and did a different kind of a shorter term uh, training um, and now haven't missed a day of meditating in over five and a half years. Um, and uh, back to your question um, specifically about emotional intelligence. So I started doing all of this um, outside of wearing the main hat of being a designer, all of this inner work with meditation and then doing a yoga teacher training and doing a separate meditation teacher training um, and noticed as a designer, my one, my mental health um, completely got so, 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 so much better. And to this day, now I don't struggle with depression and I don't struggle with anxiety. Um, and the challenges that I faced in the workplace that were uh, clouded with my mental health, mm-hmm. um, I was just really eager to share this with people. And I'm like, okay, like what, like what is this? Um, and just from doing my own personal research, I was like, oh, this all is emotional intelligence. Um, and so I did a, an emotional intelligence training. Um, and then this all snowballed into now I'm focusing on uh, design to be and doing another emotional intelligence coaching training and um, really diving into all of this. But the the root and really the entry point um, for me with diving into emotional intelligence was through a lens of um, investing in my mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely love that story you just shared. Um, definitely, I think it's really cool how you kind of just started this meditation and emotional intelligence journey, um, simply from kind of observing what other people were doing, like you mentioned the podcast, I think that's really cool as well. And so obviously design to be is one of your projects that kind of combines these two concepts of design and emotional intelligence. And so I'm actually really interested to kind of learn about what design to be really is all about, and how you incorporate both these elements into your work with that organization. Yeah, definitely. Um, so design to be is a community for designers to grow their emotional intelligence. Um, and 
that we currently support designers is a few different ways. Um, so one, we have a podcast uh, where I interview uh, design leaders about how investing in their emotional intelligence has impacted their design career. Um, we also have an eight-week remote training program um, where we fuse an emotional intelligence training, community, and meditation uh, to help designers become more impactful in their roles. Um, and we also have other like smaller scale um, community-centric offerings um, to really bring designers together since uh, we really do value and believe in the power that uh, learning with and from community uh, has to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really, really cool. Um, and I think you mentioned you've kind of faced these mental health challenges in the past um, or in the workplace as well. And so I think that, you know, starting Design to Be is actually a really cool project because it also kind of ties back to um, what you said about curiosity, kind of how you can combine that aspect of emotional intelligence and combine design at the same time. Um, I think that's definitely really amazing. And again, I know you kind of talked a little bit about those challenges, those obstacles you faced in the past and more related to Design to Be, were there any challenges that you faced while running this initiative, um, maybe especially in the beginning when you were first starting it out? So I would definitely say I'm, I'm still starting it out. Um, <laughs> so uh, design to, I launched Design to Be a little over a year ago, so at the end of July of last year. So that's uh, July 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and then closed my chapter at Google um, this past April. Um, so I'd say it still is very much the its infancy, mm-hmm. um, and the the metaphor that I that I give is I feel like designed to be right now is a baby like on its back and it's kind of wiggling <laughs> and it can't even flip to its tummy yet, um, but but it's getting there it's getting there, mm-hmm. um, and so with any baby that is on its back, <laughs> like you need to make sure that it goes to the bathroom like it's drooling everywhere like. <laughs> like all of the things, mm-hmm. um, which anything that's brand new and is slowly learning how to flip to its tummy and then slowly learning how to crawl, all of that. Um, it's all really new. It's all really new. Um, so um, it's very, I'm very sure that this is exactly what I, I should be doing. And I'm glad that I do uh, the courage to listen to this part of myself um, and help start to create something that I know is going to bring such impact, such positive impact to so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still in the itty bitty baby phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I definitely agree. I think that, you know, the work you're doing already is really amazing. And absolutely, there's so much potential for design to be. Um, I think this intersection that you're working at is definitely really important. So I absolutely love all the work that you're doing here. Um, And so I'm actually wondering what your favorite part of leading this project so far has been. Yeah. So the one thing that I, that I learned and um, I know that I can only say this because I had these two different kinds of experiences. So um, prior to working at Salesforce and prior to working at Google, especially prior to working at Google, um, the main thing that I prioritized or was just so eager to work on was 
apps or um, the digital experiences or digital services um, that affected as many people as possible. Um, so for example, while, while I was at Google, I worked on a product that um, 2.2 billion people a month interacted with, mm-hmm. um, which is, I can't even wrap my head around <laughs> how many people that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what I realized for me, at least in this next very, um, at least right now, right now, what I really value more so is instead of going a mile wide and an inch deep, which is what I felt like I was doing um, prior, how could I go an inch wide and a mile deep? So that Mm -hmm. means how could I really make big, big, big change with a smaller group of people? Um, But it could really transform or really uh, change the trajectory of their career, their life, um, period. Um, and so there's been many moments with design to be and with the design to be training that um, there's been so, so many people that um, just have these huge shifts um, upon investing in this part of themselves um, and just hearing their sore stories and seeing this change in themselves um, and seeing like the smiles on their faces and the gratitude uh, it just warms my heart in such an incredible way. Um, and it just makes me so happy for them and just grateful to be doing this work. Uh, so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think from talking to a lot of the people on my podcast, I found that everyone um, seems to really value, you know, seeing the impact that you're actually making, like such as what you said, you know, seeing the stories kind of unfold of the people that you've worked with or the smiles on their faces. Um, And I absolutely agree. I think when you actually see that impact you're making and really see, you know, the change that um, you're putting into place, I think that's seriously something that is super cool. And I think, Um, specific to you I think it's really amazing how much incredible design experience you have in addition to design to be and you mentioned a few of these experiences in the beginning in your introduction Um, and I'm sure that those experiences probably helped equip you with skills you use while you know still leading design to be and so I think it would be really cool to actually learn about some of these past design experiences more in detail um, and sort of what you've worked on such as I think your work with Google or um, insights abroad, other startups um, and companies. Yeah, totally. Um, so, most as as I mentioned, most recently I was at Google uh, for uh, two years. Um, and if anyone has called any business on maps or search, which most people have, um, I was focusing on that experience from a consumer and merchant perspective, um, as well as a handful of different other. Uh, features and projects um, in that um, domain Um, and so mostly focusing on maps and search. Um, When I was at Salesforce I worked on a few different things so um, one was on sales um, so specifically around forecasting and uh, predictive forecasting but also quotes and um, a handful of other things Um, Mm -hmm. and then switched over to 
to service cloud um, and focused on field service. Um, so this would be for someone who has a list of tasks that they need to get through to a day. So say they need to go around and fix a bunch of elevators or something like that. Um, they would use um, these apps, uh, this app to do so. Um, prior to that, and also partially when I was at Salesforce, um, I helped co-found a startup called Insights Abroad. Um, back when I was working on it, it was called Thunder, um, but it's since uh, rebranded to Insights Abroad. Um, and that was an amazing experience of being on a founding team um, and working with a core group of people who were just really, really passionate about um, trying to solve a problem in this space. Um, and it was such an incredible learning experience um, in, in so many ways. Um, but the, the aim of the product at, at the time um, was how can we make the study abroad experience um, easier on both a B2B and a B2C end. Um, so as someone, a student who's looking for their ideal study abroad program to um, universities connecting um, with those students um, and so on and so forth. Um, and prior to that, and also overlapping a bit with Insights Abroad, um, I was at an agency um, focusing on a handful of large brands um, ranging from Hyundai to Miller Coors to uh, KitchenAid and Whirlpool and um, PlayStation um, and a handful of other things. Um, mm -hmm. But worked on some like new business, so a lot of vision kind of work. Um, but what I really enjoyed about working in all these different kinds of spaces um, was the very vast uh, ways of working. Um, and again, back to, I feel like bringing it full circle a bit, um, learning what I wanted to lean into and do more of, um, and then learning what I didn't want to do and do less of, um, which has now led me into what I really want to keep doing uh, more of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing those uh, amazing projects you've worked on. I think they're all really, really awesome. And I mean, you shared a few of those um, those specific things that you thought were coolest or that you loved the most. Um, and I'd love to kind of expand on that actually and kind of find out what some of the coolest things you've learned during those experiences, um, whether that's something you learned from challenges that you've overcome or just knowledge gained in general, um, just anything you learned from working with these companies or startups. Um, or any of the favorite projects that you've worked on in the past? Yeah, so um, one, one thing that I feel like is really challenging, especially at the beginning of, of your career, um, is uh, especially in, in big tech, um, is the like expectation that you'll just know everything right away. So a lot of people that um, are working at these large organizations um, are very high achieving people. <laughs> um, and upon being at a very large organization such as Salesforce or Google, um, it very much takes a long time to onboard. Um, at Google, it takes about six months. 
Um, and just being patient with yourself <laughs> during that whole process of being like, okay, I know what I know and I don't know what I don't know, but I'll do my best to learn and find out um, is so, so, so challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so, so, so challenging. Um, but giving yourself that permission um, to honor where you are on your path. Um, but in the same vein, like pushing yourself um, without harming yourself, um, but pushing yourself enough where um, you feel like you're push, you're putting your best self forward, but also in the same time honoring where you're at. Um, it's very much this like tightrope walk game. Um, but that's something that um, I definitely say has been um, a learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those insights. Um, I think, you know, the experience you've had are definitely really valuable to people, especially like you said, starting out in this workspace. Um, so thank you so much for sharing kind of the things that you've learned and also, um, you know, challenges that you've seen while working with these corporations, working with these companies and startups. Um, and Actually, I know that in addition to all this really amazing work you do, you mentioned in the beginning that you're involved with a few other projects, um, like your podcast, your newsletter, meditation. And so I think it'd be pretty awesome to hear about some of these other hobbies or activities that you do and um, why you do them. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I've always been someone um, that is very just curious um, and have a lot of different things that fuel different parts of myself. Um, So while Design to Be is the primary thing that I am, uh, or primary like venture that I'm focusing on, um, I also do a lot of uh, speaking engagements with different uh, corporate clients mostly, um, as well as um, other um, organizations. Um, and also I have a EQ coaching business, um, where similar to design to be, but we don't take, um, I don't offer, uh, coaching specifically, uh, within design to be. Um, so this is working together with someone in a one-on-one, uh, format, um, to really provide them the tools to grow their emotional intelligence through a lens of coaching. Um, and also with the yoga and meditation, uh, teaching hat. Um, so I also bring meditation specifically, uh, into different corporate environments. Um, so have led meditations at Google, at, uh, Spotify, Waze, um, handful of other places as well. Um, and not focusing as much on yoga currently, um, since the plate is quite full. Um, but yeah, yoga teaching is more so for, uh, friends and family and personal practice right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Sounds really, really cool. Um, yeah, I think that everything you're involved in sounds really exciting. I especially love how you kind of take these hobbies that you love doing and take them into the workspace. Um, I think that's especially cool. So yeah, thanks so much for sharing. Um, and just to kind of wrap up today's episode, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about, 
um, any future plans that you have or any future goals you have, whether that's for your career or for design to be or just even any personal uh, goals you might have for yourself. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's a bunch of things cooking. So um, on the personal brand side of things, so um, I'm not sure when you'll be releasing this, uh, but um, I one thing I didn't mention is my newsletter imprint. Um, so mm-hmm. I took a break uh, from releasing that um, late last year um, and I'm planning to bring it back uh, quite soon. Um, so that's something I'm very excited about um, and also leaning more into um, coaching a bit more um, since it's something kind of what we were stating before, um, really going super deep uh, with people and seeing really big change. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the design to be side, um, one thing that you'll see if you head to design to be.com um, is a tab to join the wait list uh, for our mobile app. Um, so that's something that is currently in the works that I'm super, super excited about um, that I really think will be uh, something incredible to uh, bring to the design community and help folks really invest in their emotional intelligence and uh, develop a meditation practice in in a unique way that they haven't done before. Uh, so those are some things that are happening more in the near term, but up and coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wish you luck on all these goals and all these future plans you have. They definitely all sound really exciting. So yeah, I definitely look forward to seeing all of that. And yeah, so before we end today, I think I would love to have you just share any last pieces of advice maybe for aspiring young designers or just, um, you know, youngsters who are about to kind of uh, enter that workspace or enter that workforce. Yeah, so one thing, one thing that I'll say is um, be open to making mistakes. <laughs> and when you do... Um, try not to be hard on yourself and instead offer yourself the perspective of what can I learn from this situation instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for that incredible advice. I think that's a wonderful place to end today. Um, Yeah. Are there any platforms or specific social media that you'd like to shout out as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, So on my personal side of things, you can head to racheldweissman.com. There you'll find newsletter, speaking engagement information, coaching, um, corporate offerings and all of that. Um, And I'm also Rachel D. Weissman on social. Um, And for design to be, you can head to designtobe.com and that's T-O in design to be. Um, And then on social word design underscore to be um, all the socials. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Definitely please check out all those platforms just mentioned. Um, And thank you, Rachel, again, just so much for taking the time to speak with me today on Her Journey podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eileen, for taking the time to chat. I really enjoyed our conversation. Mm -hmm.